In Psalms chapter 34, Psalms chapter 34, we're going to read a couple of scriptures and pray. Amen. Love this passage of scripture. The whole chapter really is so good and so encouraging, so rich in so many ways. Um, and if you read Psalms 34, 36, uh, 35, 36, and 37, uh, there's just such a theme there of God's goodness and God's mercy and God's provision. And, uh, and I love this. But I just wanted to re- um, talk about some today and encourage you. Um, in Psalms chapter 34, let's start there. Amen. And I'm going to start in verse 17. And realize I never give the verse. So, amen. We, we'll give you some time. But in Psalms 34, verse 17, I'm going to read a couple. It says, uh, the righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. I'm reading out of the NIV. And the Lord hears them. How many believe that the righteous cry out and God hears us? Amen. And he delivers them from all their troubles. How many believe the righteous have troubles? (laughs) Amen. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. The righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers them from them all. In Psalms chapter 51 and in verse 17 as well, this is a psalm of David, a psalm of repentance. We refer to when we talk about this psalm, when David Uh, was repenting before the Lord and and pouring out his heart before the Lord. He says this in verse 17. The sacrifices of God are are a a broken spirit. This is what God is looking for. A broken spirit. A broken and contrite heart. God, you will not despise or reject. How many believe that? God, a broken heart, a contrite spirit, a humble heart, you will not reject. You will not despise. And then Luke chapter 4, when Jesus was preaching and he opened his message up and declared before everyone uh, from Isaiah and what his mission was, what the purpose of God was for Jesus and how that he would preach the gospel and the results of the gospel, he said that the Spirit of the Lord has anointed me to preach to the poor. What did he say? To preach to the brokenhearted, those who are brokenhearted, to send, he sent me to heal the brokenhearted, amen, and to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering a sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, Psalms 34, 17, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. We tend to think that our brokenness or broken areas of our lives somehow draw us farther from the Lord. But in the, in the Bible and in reality, our broken situations and our brokenness draw God closer to us. How many believe that with all your heart? Amen. That God can use our brokenness because God is close to those, the Bible says, are of a broken heart or a, bro- a crushed heart or a spirit. Amen. And so how many believe today that God uses our brokenness? Amen. Our pain and our humility, God can use in a powerful way for his glory. Amen. Let's pray today. Father, we just thank you for your goodness. And as we took communion and there is so much life there, there is so much uh, joy there when we take communion, Lord. It's not a dead ritual. It is life to us. And now as we get into your word, it's not a dead ritual. It's not a dead book. It is alive. Amen to us, Lord. And so as we get into this book today, I pray the book gets into us. Amen. As we get into your word, Lord, we just want your word to become alive in us today. And I pray that your word brings faith and encouragement and healing in the areas that it needs to. Lord, do what you do best and be God today. Lord, we just pray.
pray that you would continue to draw those close to you who are a broken spirit, a broken heart, Lord. And Lord, we pray that as we see you and hear you, Lord, we would respond with a broken spirit, with a repentant heart, Lord, a humble heart before you, Lord, because that's what you like and that's who you're close to. We give you all the praise and all the glory. And everybody said amen and amen. God uses our brokenness. There's two types of brokenness that I see and we know and we can understand that there's this emotional brokenness and then there's a spiritual brokenness. And we see this a lot in our lives when it comes to salvation, the spiritual brokenness. There's an emotional and a spiritual brokenness. So today we kind of talk about those things uh, in relation to in relation to really to life, right, and to God. Um, and when the Bible talks about brokenness, it talks about a broken heart, a broken spirit, or a broken relationship. And so when we talk about brokenness, and, and I'm not really sure what your uh, idea of that is when I say that, but we're talking about a broken heart, a broken spirit, as the Bible says, and a broken relationship. And there's these two types that the Bible goes back and forth that uh, God will heal, and God will deliver, and God will save out of our brokenness. How many believe that God can use our brokenness? Amen. How many have seen that in your life? That God has just taken something that was broken and shattered and made it something beautiful. Amen. The Lord does that, doesn't he? He's so good and he's such an awesome father in that sense that he, he, he takes what is broken, amen, and he heals it. Amen. And so one of the things we see uh, in our culture, unfortunately, we see a movement of pride that is celebrated by a, a group of people that are broken before the Lord. There is brokenness spiritually all around us. Jesus said, amen, in his day, and he talked about it in his day, in his culture, they were a faithless generation. They were a perverted and, and broken generation, amen. Both emotionally and spiritually, they were broken, right? Amen. And so one of the things that we see is that uh, in our own lives that we have experienced brokenness or broken areas. And, and many of us are at different spots and different parts. And, and some of us have experienced more, some less. But all in all, all of us need to come to a place that we are broken before the Lord. How many believe that? So brokenness isn't just, wow, you've had some bad things happen to you, but brokenness is a humility before God, a heart posture before God, who God responds to. How many know the Bible says that God is close to those who are a broken heart? Amen. How many believe Jesus came to preach healing to the brokenhearted? How many, when you got saved, realized that Jesus came and he healed and touched your broken heart? Amen. How many can say, that's my testimony? Man, I was a broken person before I met Jesus. I believe all of us need to say amen to that. We were broken. None of us were whole. None of us were innocent. None of us were uh, in, on our own. We were all, had it all together. Come on. We needed a Savior. And Jesus, amen, did that work in our lives. And so I want to just share with you today about how God can use our brokenness in our lives. Amen. One of, one of the things I feel right off the bat is to share is that one of the ways that God can use our, our brokenness is that if we see our brokenness as a blessing. That's hard, isn't it? Rarely are there people 
I believe the number is very low of people who rejoice in the state of their brokenness, who find praise to God in the, in the, in the middle of a state of brokenness. It's very hard to worship God in that state. But we see David here who time after time found himself in a place of brokenness, amen, humility and pain, and yet he lifted some of the greatest songs that we sing in the book of Psalms out of these moments of brokenness, amen. And how many believe that it, it's, it's hard to do that sometimes, but I believe that if we respond in a right way, we respond to God, we can have this blessing in brokenness. That almost sounds contradictory, doesn't it? But there is. How many found that there's a blessing in our brokenness? God uses our brokenness for his glory. So many times, God will use your brokenness more than your gifts and your talents. God can use your brokenness more than gifts and talents to, to, for his glory, for his plan, and for a great breakthrough in your life. Many of us feel like when I get my act together, when, it's, when I don't have any problems in my life, then God's going to do amazing things. But how many know God does amazing things in the midst of brokenness? Amen. God does so many awesome things in the midst and the state of our brokenness. I love what uh, Brother T.F. Tenney, the late... T.F. Tinney, one of his last messages that I ever heard from, from him and of him is he preached it, it um, and he preached this message called, There is Power in Your Pain. Think about it. He was well up in his 80s and he could have preached a lot of things, but out of his heart and out of his life lesson, walking with the Lord that long, he had this to say, there's power in your pain. Amen. How many know there's power in your pain? Amen. And God sees this. And you know, one of the things that we have to understand is that God is not trying to break you. <laughs> God wants to heal you. Anybody? Well, God's just, you know, breaking me. He's breaking me down. God will allow situations to humble you, to break your will towards him. Come on, break stubbornness and pride. I mean, you know, God will allow people and situations in your life to break those things. But God is not ultimately trying to break you. He's trying to heal you. Anybody? I mean, no, he's trying to heal you. He's responding to your brokenness. Jesus on Calvary responded to the broken relationship in humanity. Amen. How many believe that? Amen. That God responds to that. And so many times we want to run from God. We want to take off. We want to say, well, I don't, I don't feel qualified or God must not love me because of this brokenness in my life. Amen. That's when you need to run to God the most. That's when you respond to God the most in the midst of brokenness. Amen. And this is one of the things that David taught us over and over and over again. God is trying to lead you to healing and he's trying to heal you and he sees and he knows these things that have broken you and he desires to heal you. That's the Lord's plan. How many believe that? How many believe there's blessing in brokenness. Amen. I believe that with all my heart. Why? Because the Bible teaches, one of the things it teaches is that God is the potter and I am the clay. How many know God's the potter, right? How many, how many of you can lift your hand in heaven and say, you know what? I'm one of those crackpots. <laughs> amen. That God, amen. There was brokenness, but God saw something amazing. God saw something beautiful. God reached out and he reached towards me. Amen. I'm in my broken state of sin and disease and sickness. God, amen, reached out to me. Hello, anybody? Or you feel like you're good enough? Did you feel like you were a great person and you, didn't, you only needed a little saving? Oh, no. Oh, no. I think every one of us need to say every one of us were broken before the Lord. Every one of us had gone astray. Every one of us in humanity need the healing power of God Almighty. Amen. 
And so we see this. He's the potter. We're the clay. Amen. I kind of feel like that. I've been called a crackpot once or twice. Amen. That's all right because God is the potter and I'm the clay and he can use crackpots. Amen. Hallelujah. And so one of the things that's important about understanding the blessings in brokenness is that you cannot allow your brokenness to leave you with a broken mess. Your brokenness doesn't have to leave you with a broken mess. Come on, somebody. God takes those fragments in our lives. God takes those areas and those situations, and he makes something beautiful. He makes something wonderful. He makes a plan out of a, a mess that we made. Come on. But God doesn't want you I mean, to leave this, this broken areas of your life into a broken mess in your life. Because one of the things that we see is that we need to bring it to Jesus. One of the things we learn about the Lord, amen, as we learn that he sees the blessings in our brokenness. Amen? How many know we could, learn, we, could, we could change our lives, we could live a lot differently if we could see blessing in brokenness. Amen? Amen? A lot of times we see failure, we see, we see this is the end, this is it, this is a, I, I, this is, I, I have not, I, I'm not successful, I, God, God's, you know, doing this, but how many know there's blessing in brokenness, amen? And the second thing I see is that about how God uses our brokenness is that there's healing comes when we deal with the past. There's healing that comes from dealing, how many believe that? Amen, how many know when you began to deal with the past, God began to heal you? When you ignored the past, when you ignored what God, what would happen in the past and God was trying to get your attention there, amen, it just, it just delayed God's healing in your life. And so a lot of people need to hear this today that need to be healing from the, the dealing of the past. God wants to do that. You know, one of the things I love about uh, baptism and the, and the whole picture and the whole principle and the and awesome miracle about water baptism is one of the things that says in Corinthians, Paul wrote, he said that old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become what? New. Amen. How many have read that scripture? How many live by that scripture? How many of you have said that even this week? Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. How many uh, just are, are just really thriving in your new life in Christ? Baptism is that picture that we're putting away the, the works of the flesh, the body of the flesh, and we're raising up. Amen. We're going to rise up or raise up with Christ in newness of life. Amen. And so a lot of times when we talk about old things have passed away, we use that phrase for something that died, right? How many know your old things need to die? so that new things can live. You can't live a new life uh, living in the old things. That's what he's saying. You've got to put the old things away. The old ways, the old sin nature, the old desires have got to be put away so that you can walk in this new life with Christ. Amen. And so if we believe that old things have passed away and behold, all things have become new, we've got to understand how God wants to deal with the past. Amen. I mean, no, there's blessing in brokenness, but there's also healing from our past. Amen. This is one that God uses our brokenness. Amen. And so when it comes to the past, I'm not going to uh, stay very long on this, but when it comes to the past, I've noticed that you either live, it, live in it or you work through it. How many know what I'm talking about? You either live in the past or you work through it. 
You, you deal with it. How many know God wants you to deal with the past correctly? Amen. And whatever, whatever the past is, whatever it has, but I know that all of us have, have had to deal with things in the past. When we come to the Lord especially, it's like, God, I've got to deal with this. I've got to deal with this. But how many are th- so thankful for his grace? Amen. That he just works with us and he lovingly teaches us how to deal with our past. Amen. Right? And so really, uh, one of the things I just wanted to mention about the past is that There's a difference between reliving your past and revisiting your past, right? So how many ever just revisit your past? Oh, yeah, when I was a kid, this happened to me, or I went here, and I used to live here. But, you know, how many have ever met people, they just relive it every day. They relive the past, relive the past. They can't get over it. They're still bitter. They're still angry. They're still hurt. They're still damaged because they relive the past. So there's a difference between reliving the past and revisiting the past. It's like the difference between moving back into your old house or just driving through your old neighborhood. I mean, you can drive through your old neighborhood, amen, you're just revisiting, right? But man, you move into your old house and your old problems and everything and and get in that dysfunctional relationship once again. How many of that's reliving your past? And you can't get there. And so one of the things that the Lord teaches us and helps us with is that when you revisit the past, you revisit it to heal the past. God never makes you revisit to feel that pain again, to feel that rejection again, just to hurt you, but to heal you. Amen. And so you revisit the past to heal the past, but if you stay there too long, you'll live in the past. You'll just stay there. You'll get stuck there. How many have ever met people that are stuck in 1975? All right. Some of you are a little younger. 1999. Whatever you want to say, it doesn't matter. You're there. You're right there. Some people get stuck in trying to fix the past. And what God wants is to fix your heart from the past. Amen? You're just trying to fix it. So how many know sometimes you can't fix the past? Amen? You can't, you can't unring a bell. <laughs> it, you can't fix the past sometimes, but you can heal, fix your heart from the past. You can fix your heart, your response to the past. And like Saul and King Saul in the Old Testament, the very things that he didn't deal with in his past became a stumbling block in his future. He wouldn't deal with these things as a young man. And so that as he got older and became king, it became a stumbling block to his future. And he didn't have a future as king. The Bible says he cut him off and the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul and God anointed David. So you've got to deal with it properly. How many believe that? Amen. How many believe that? And there's also these scars and these wounds from the past that the Lord wants to heal us of. And and, uh, we could go on forever about this, but this is just what the work of the Holy Spirit does in our lives. How many believe that? Amen. That you find these blessings in um, this brokenness and then you find this healing in the brokenness amen that God heals this brokenness and even these scars and these wounds from the past and I don't like people don't like to talk about it and they don't they kind of feel like well let's just get over that but you know I have a different perspective about the past sometimes I think in in different terms sometimes I I think you know when we talk about the past and the scars from the past we usually talk about what others did to you. Come on. How many know what I'm talking about? Oh, I was wounded by what? This, my dad and this and that and everything. But how many know it's not what people have done to you a lot of times that cause scars. It's what you have done to others. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. It's what you have said. It's what the way you acted. It's the way that you responded to a situation. You brought some scars and wounds into your life based on what you did to other people. Uh oh, hello. I know this isn't American preaching, but you know, it's not popular, but we want to say that everybody did something to us. How many know 98% of, uh, of divorces, uh, the couples believe that it's the other person's fault? 
Right. So we believe that, right? We didn't do it, but, but how many know that we got to take a look sometimes at what God wants to deal with us sometimes is that we were the cause. We were the ones that caused the pain. We were the ones that caused others to stumble. We were the ones that were, hello? We were the ones that walked away. We left. We abandoned. We rejected. We, hello, anybody? anybody? And so sometimes, how many know that's a good way to look at it when God wants to heal you? Because some of us are like, oh, God wants to heal me what everybody did to me. No, God wants to heal you on what you did to other people. God wants to heal that narcissistic spirit and that, and, that, and that controlling spirit and that abusive spirit that you've had to deal with over your life. Lying spirit. Come on. All the things that maybe in the past have caused wounds and scars. See, it's not every from everybody else. How many know it, a lot of times we bring it on ourselves? Anybody? Right? Anybody. So, so I think that's important, isn't it? Amen. That we look at it that way. It, because what happens is, is we don't become so selfish in this. Because one of the things that you will not get healed if you remain in a selfish state. If you remain in a selfish state, then you'll never get healed. You'll always be saying and claiming somebody else did it. It's somebody else's fault. I'm going to do this. But how many know when we say, Lord, what did I do? In this thing. See, this is why we talk about this in communion today, because so many of us look at it like, how did God do me wrong? No, it's how did we do God wrong? Hello? God owes me forgiveness. No, we owe God repentance. Amen? Amen? If we look at ourselves that we are the violator of the law, that we are the ones that needed forgiveness, that we're not the ones that are innocent, if we see Jesus as innocent, as we see Jesus as the perfecter of the law and the righteous one, amen, then there is salvation in that, amen. There is forgiveness in that, amen. Come on, there is power when you see yourself in need of God's mercy. That's when God comes to us. That's who God is close to. He's not close to people that think that they deserve salvation, that they deserved it and they did the works that were made them good enough to get into heaven. God's not near those people. He's near people that say like Peter, Lord, get away from me, I'm a sinner. Am I talking to the right crowd this morning? I hope I am. I hope you're ready. Amen here. But I believe that is so much about our past and, and how God wants to heal us. Because some people are hurt by, but, you know, but they're hurt by the wrong thing. Uh, you know, some people in church are offended, but they're offended at the wrong thing. <laughs> people said, what are you offended at? Or what are you hurt by? Well, I'm hurt that nobody, you know, shook my hand. Or I'm hurt because nobody recognized me and nobody made a big deal of me. How many know you're hurt over the wrong things? I mean, no, you can get hurt over the wrong things. Amen. And that's what we're trying to say today. And so just because you're hurt doesn't mean your hurt is validated. Amen. And your pain is validated. Some of it we brought on ourselves. Some of it is because we have this disease called pride. And God wants to heal us from that. And this has tripped us up all over our past. This is hurt relationship. This is broken relationships. And that's what the Lord wants to heal. Amen. I mean, many people thought when I mentioned about being brokenhearted, you're like, oh, it's going to be a sob story for me today. It's my pity party. Let's, let's attend. No, God sometimes says, you're the one that caused the pain. Amen? Uh-oh. Amen. Let's move on. And, and I love what Jensen Franklin said in his book one time. He said, guilt and hurt are inevitable, but misery is optional. <laughs> and how many know we're more, there's nobody more miserable than somebody who get, can't get past the past? Amen. Can't get beyond the past. Amen. And so don't let the broken areas of the past create a mess in your future like Saul. Amen. So how many believe the Lord wants to use our past and work through our past? Amen. And that's how he uses brokenness. The, the third thing I see about how God uses 
brokenness is that ministry comes from brokenness. When we can, we can minister to people effectively uh, through brokenness. How many ever thought of it that way? How many ever looked at your brokenness that God can use it to touch somebody else? God can use it to minister and preach the gospel and heal and, and all the things that we're called to do, amen, effectively. I mean, you don't always have to be broken or have all these problems or the past, but how many know God can use it for his glory? Anybody? So ministry comes from brokenness. Ministry to people becomes more powerful and effective when we understand brokenness in our lives. I'm serious. This is true, isn't it? And, and out of that brokenness, God brings a beauty. God brings a ministry. God brings a healing. And out of that, we can, amen, touch other people. There's a lie, amen, so many times when it comes to the ministry. There's, so, there's a lie that comes when it comes to brokenness in our lives. And that is this, is that my past disqualifies me from the ministry. Well, just, I mean, I did this and I was this and, and somehow I, I just don't feel like I missed, I feel like I missed it. I wasn't good enough and I failed and I, and I fell many times. And so because of that, I feel like I'm just not going to achieve what God has for me. I believe that I'll do okay, but I feel like I'm really missing the call of God. How many know, amen, your past doesn't disqualify you from the ministry? Just talk to Peter. <laughs> Amen? Just talk to Paul. <laughs> Your past doesn't disqualify you from ministry. Amen? God can use those things. Now let me go on the other side of the spectrum and say that there's a lot of people that bring up their past and brag about their past and use it as a badge of honor in front of other Christians. I was bad. I was on the street. You don't know how to minister to people. I do. You don't. How many know that's proud? That's arrogant, isn't it? God doesn't want to use our past as a badge of honor or badge. Look, I'm showing it off. I was this. But we humbly say, this happened in my life. God set me free. Jesus came and saved me and healed me. And he can do the same for you. In my brokenness, I found healing. In my brokenness, I found, amen, Jesus coming there and, and coming near me, as the Bible says, and coming close to me and healing me. And he can do the same for you. How many have ever shared that story with somebody else? Wow, in my brokenness, I found healing. In my brokenness... In the, in the worst time in my life, I found Jesus Christ. Amen. How many know God wants you to minister to the people that? And so that ministry opens up. One of the other things I see about this is that how you can administer so effectively out of your brokenness is that it's just not sympathy. Now it's empathy. It's compassion that you have for people. I mean, come on, now you understand a little bit more. Now you, now you have a heart for people, amen. People that don't deal with their brokenness properly, they get jaded and, and judgmental and have a critical spirit towards other people. But people that have allowed the Lord to heal them and come in and touch them and, and they've humbled themselves before the Lord and, and really turned their heart to God, man, they understand what it's like to be lost. They remember what it was like to be uh, confused and broken and in these relationships and they remember what it was like out, out on the street or away from God or in a broken relationship. They remember these things. And when they see someone like that, they have compassion. Amen. How many know God wants to do this work in our heart? Amen. Just like Jesus, he saw the multitudes. The Bible says he was moved with compassion. It's not just saying, I, 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 I kind of hear what you're saying. It's, I understand what you're going through. I feel what you're going through. How many of the Bible says that Jesus, amen, experienced everything? He was tempted at all points that we were, yet without sin. The Bible says he understands us. Amen. He gets us. He knows our pain and our suffering and our brokenness. Amen. Hallelujah. So ministry comes out of our brokenness. It creates this compassion for other people and this, this empathy. It turns us into not just look what happened to me, but how can I help you? 
Amen? Right? Amen. And so we understand this. Why? Because we understand the resurrection power through our pain. And I love the Bible tells us stories all through the, all, all through the Bible it's of stories and examples and typology of how God uses brokenness. How Jesus broke the bread and fed the multitudes. How the anointing flowed uh, from the alabaster jar that was broken. How oil is produced when olives are crushed. Fragrance is produced when flowers are crushed. Amen. When Jesus Jesus, amen, allowed his body to be broken at Calvary. Come on. Isaiah said that he was crushed or bruised for our iniquities. How many know, amen, healing and salvation came? Amen. How many believe that God can use our brokenness? I believe that. And we see that in the life of Jesus, that he is willing to humble himself, the Bible says. He was willing to have a broken spirit and a contrite heart. He understands what it is to have a broken heart. How many believe that? Amen. He understands what it's like to have his body, as Isaiah put it, crushed and broken. Amen. And suffered for us. And he did it because he loved us. And he did it to heal us. And so I know that the Lord can use our brokenness. And finally, I just want to share about brokenness and how God can use our brokenness is, honestly, we've got to say that humility is a good thing. How many know God wants wants us to be broken as we come before him. God doesn't want us to be arrogant. God doesn't want us to come, amen, just like, uh, okay, I'll give you some time. You know, okay, I need some religious experience, right? I guess I'll give you a chance. How many know the Lord wants us to come humbly before him? And this is what we see the picture of salvation is this humility as we come in broken. This is what the Bible calls a broken spirit. A broken spirit in the Bible is equate, equates with repentance. And it kind of means that, that there is a broken spirit. There is this uh, 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 repentance before the Lord, this fear of the Lord, this all of God, amen, and this brokenness. And how many believe that forgiveness comes through repentance? Oh, you better believe it because the Bible says, and it comes through brokenness. And so I love that. In Isaiah 57, verse 15, it says, The high and lofty one who inhabits eternity, the holy one, says this, I live in that high and holy place where those with contrite, humble spirits dwell. I refresh the humble and I give new courage to those with repentant hearts. Amen. How many know the Bible speaks that we should humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God? Humble yourselves, you sinners. Amen. And turn from your wicked ways. Come on, this is repentance, isn't it? This is a picture of how humanity needs to have a broken heart before the Lord, a repentant heart before the Lord. Amen. This brokenness that that we call negative, that we think humility is a good thing. Before the Lord, this broken heart before the Lord is a good thing. Come on, somebody. Amen. You say, well, I want to talk about humility because God might humble me. Amen. How many know there's a difference between you humbling yourself before the Lord and God having to humble you because you did not humble yourself before the Lord? And so we see this all through Scripture that God requires this. And and this common denominator to receiving Jesus as Lord is humility. Lord, I'm a sinner. Lord, I need you. I've messed up. I'm broken. I'm sick. I'm I'm under the curse of sin. I need you. Amen. Why? Because pride is a denial of brokenness. When you're moving in pride, you're moving in this denial of brokenness. I don't need God. I'm okay. I can do it myself. I'm a a good person. I I don't need all this from God. How many know that's pride? Pride is a denial of brokenness. There's nothing wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with this. There's nothing, there's real no sin that God judges anymore. There's no heaven. There's no hell. How I many know pride is a denial of brokenness? 
Amen? I don't need God. That's what it's saying. But ultimately, pride will keep you in a broken state. Pride in relationships and marriage and relationships will constantly keep you in a broken state. You'll never come to a, a place of wholeness and completeness and, 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 and peace and joy if you're constantly in the state of brokenness of pride. Come on, somebody. How many believe that with all your heart? Amen. And that's why we see what's going on in our culture today, this celebration, this celebration of pride, this, this, this really this declaration of pride. It's really a, a, a pride against the Lord. Amen. Come on. It's a pride against him. It's creation. It's, and it's from people that are a broken, they're broken society, a broken people, people that have just broken relationship with God. They don't know the Lord. They don't know what true love is. The Bible says that God is love. And everyone that loves God is born of God. Amen. Come on, somebody. Amen. And so pride keeps us. It's a denial of brokenness. I don't need the Lord. I can do it myself. I don't need salvation. I don't need Christianity. But because of sin, for the first time, Adam became proud before the Lord. Think about it. It was because of sin that pride came into the heart of man. And so because of sin, we become proud before the Lord, don't we? And because of, but because of grace, we can become humble before the Lord. Amen? Thank God for God's grace. Amen? That it allows me, I can come in and that's that gift that I don't have. How many know grace is a gift you don't have? Grace is a gift humanity does not have. Hello? It's nothing you can attain. It's nothing that you can do and create. I can create grace for myself. No, you cannot. The Bible says you're under this, this, this uh, everlasting uh, sentence of death, and only God, through his gift of grace, can forgive us. Amen. So, so awesome. That's why it's important that we do lead people to the right path towards the Lord of, well, how do I get saved? Do I go to church and, and, I, and I just be a good person and I just become religious? No. Repent of your sins and turn to the Lord. Anybody? Amen. Amen. How many know that's, that's still the greatest message? The greatest message that we can preach to somebody, that they can receive freedom. The greatest thing that we can do as humanity is humble ourselves before the, God, before the Lord. Amen. Many people think, man, if I humble myself. No, no. It's the greatest thing you can do. It is still the thing that sets you free. Humility will always heal you and set you free. Amen. Before the Lord. One of the things I just want to bring to your attention as I close is that it's important to understand is that salvation heals us from sin. And God is making us whole. How many believe God's making me whole? Amen. Yeah, I'm becoming holy in a couple different ways. Amen. God's making me holy. But one of the things that we understand is the reason is God's making holy is because whole people will help other people become whole. Unholy people will help themselves. Unholy people, I'm not, I mean, you know, if you're not whole, then you're unholy, you're not complete, you're unholy. They'll help themselves. They'll end up hurting other people. But God, amen, saves us to make us whole. Come on, somebody. Right? How many believe that? God set me free and saved me, and he's making me whole. Amen. And so as a whole person, I'm looking to help other people become whole. <laughs> amen. And I don't want to be an old, unholy person. I don't want to be that type of person. But here's something to understand is that when you get saved... That, that your will does not get saved. Your will does not get redeemed. Uh-oh. Man, that got quiet. What in the world? Your will doesn't get healed and it doesn't get saved. It gets surrendered. 
Amen? Someone say, oh, God, yes, God, but your will is still needs to bend towards the Lord. It becomes surrendered towards the Lord. And when we hear of the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus for our sin and our disobedience to give us eternal life and this relationship with God, man, we're so humbled. Wow, that's so amazing, right? It just sets us free. Amen? And so what happens is, is that our will needs to be surrendered to God. And so one of the things to understand is that you're not co-leading your life with Jesus. Like, I'm in charge too. How many know we bend our will to the will of the master, like Jesus? Not my will, but your will be done. Here's what it is. It's a partnership with the Lord under his lordship. He's my master. He's my king. He's my teacher. He's my savior. He's my friend. He's my, the lover of my soul. Amen. I'm not like, well, Jesus is helping me be a better person. No, I'm becoming like him. Amen. The old me is dying, right? But the new me is living this life in Jesus Christ. And that means this new life, God can use my brokenness. God can heal me. God can set me free. He can heal my past. He can give me a ministry to other people. Amen. All these things God can do. Because I come to him with a broken heart. Amen. How many can say God can use our broken heart? Our brokenness. How many have seen it in your own life? God's used my brokenness. Time after time after time. And so today as we stand on our feet, I want you to just say, Lord, thank you for using my brokenness. Can we stand on our feet today? Amen. Amen. And so all of us have these broken areas. But all of us need to come to this area that we're broken before the Lord. I want to just say this again, that God is not breaking us. Let me give you three keys real quick before we leave today, that God is not breaking you. God is healing you. God wants to heal you and bring you to a place of wholeness. Amen. And, and all these broken areas and this brokenness of our life, God desires to heal you. Let me just give you three keys to real God using our brokenness and becoming a whole person. Amen. And that is, number one, as we talked about, humility. Can't say enough about that, how important that is. But the second thing is openness. Openness is so important, isn't it? Amen. And how many of the third thing would be trust? Sometimes you just got to trust the Lord. You just got to trust the process. In order to find God's plan, you've got to trust his process. Sometimes we don't understand how God works, what he's doing, all the things that are happening. Amen. But we've got to trust the process. You know, it's easy to trust God when everything's going great. It's easy to come to church when everything's going good. When we want to look good in front of every, all the other Christians and all the other people, we want to put that show on. We post those things, how awesome we are, how amazing our life is going. Amen. But down deep inside, we know there's a brokenness going on. And we need the Lord, isn't it? That's why we come to church. We don't come to church because we are already got everything together. We come to church because we need a Savior. Because we need each other. We need encouragement. Come on, we got areas in our life that are being healed even to this day. God's still working on my past. God's still healing me. God's still making me whole. Come on, somebody. Amen. I haven't got it all together, but I know the one who does. Amen. And I'm with a bunch of other people that know the one who's got it together. And so this humility and openness, let me just share real quick on openness, how important that is. This is a willingness before the Lord. I'm willing, I'm open before the Lord. I'm sincere before people. I'm not, I'm not hiding anything before God. I'm, I'm open before the Lord. Amen. How many know openness before God, amen, is a sign of love towards others? You really want to love other people, be open before God. Don't hide anything from God. Amen. And God begins to open your heart. Someone said that a bee never comes to a closed flower. Always keep your heart open to the Lord. 
I don't care what you're going through. I know there's a lot of people that have come to me and said, Brother Matt, I, I don't know, Pastor, if I could ever go to church again. I don't know. I don't even know if I'm a Christian. I don't even know if I want to be a Christian. I don't know if I want to be, belong to that bunch. There's been so much hurt and disappointment and there's been so much stuff that I've seen in the church. But you know, one of the things I've realized, no matter what you go through, always stay open to God. Always stay open to God. How can God let that happen? How can God let that, that person die? How can I prayed, I believe. How can God do this to my marriage? How can God let my kids go through that? I just want you to know, no matter what you go through, always keep an open heart to God. Never close your heart to God. Why? Because he's the giver of life. And if you close your heart off to God, you close your life off to life and to, 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 to anything that is good and holy. You just shut it down and you turn it off. So I want to encourage you, whatever you go through, do not close your heart to God. Stay open to God. You get disappointed with life. Things don't work out the way you wanted it. Maybe it's taking longer than you think it should. Maybe this addiction, it just keep, keeps coming at you and keep coming. Don't close your heart to God. Always stay open to God. I've had two or three marriages, and I thought every single one of them was going to work. And I thought every single one of them was going to be great. Don't close your heart to God. Always keep an openness before the Lord. Come on, somebody, because we need the life of God to be made whole. And the only way we can do that is stay open before the Lord. I don't know what brokenness and broken areas that you face today, but one of the things I've realized that in your brokenness, you can forgive others. You can forgive yourself. You can embrace life challenges. You can receive forgiveness from God. If you just stay open to the Lord, amen. Even in your brokenness, God can use it. Maybe someone today, just you feel that way. Lord, you say, Pastor Man, I'm just going through this. I don't know. I've asked the Lord many times what's going on in my life. I just feel like I just, I just have so many broken pieces. That's, that's the perfect time to just bring them to the Lord and say, you're the potter. I'm the clay. Mold me and make me what you want me to be, how you want it to go. I just give myself to you. Don't be lifted up in pride and say, I, I don't need the Lord right now. I'm doing everything right Everything's going my way. It's working great for me. Always come to the Lord in this broken state and say, I need a Savior. I need you. Can we lift our hands to heaven and say, Lord, I need you today. Whatever your need is today, I need the Lord. I need him. The Lord is close to those who are broken heart, broken spirit. Amen. Jesus came to preach the gospel to heal the brokenhearted. Amen. And see these scriptures that the Lord is just loves those who are of a broken and contrite heart. I don't ever want to get to the place and say, I don't need the Lord. I'm fine. I'm good. I can do it on my own. Lord, I need you today. Hallelujah. I need you today, Lord. And you can use my brokenness. Some of you are going through a difficult situation. and Some of you may even going to counseling and therapy and you're just trying to do this and do that. And you've even used substances in the past because you're trying to work this out. Let the Lord touch you today. Not saying that there's remedies that are all bad, but let the Lord touch you today. Let God use your brokenness to minister to other people. Don't just say, I'm never going to come to this place of perfection and ministry. No, say, Lord, you're going to use this area in my life to minister to other people. Amen. How many know God's going to do it? How many can just say, Lord, you're going to use my brokenness? Lord, you've done it before. You're going to do it again. How many are here as a result of somebody else ministered to you? Amen. Can we just give the Lord a hand and say, Lord, thank you that you're going to use my brokenness today. Lord, no matter what state I'm in, amen, you're going to use me and use it for your glory today, amen.